For our scripture lesson this morning, I'm going to be hopping around in Matthew chapter 2. If you're wanting to follow along in the Pew Bible, you can do that on page 783. But before I read the scripture, let's go to God in prayer. God of starlight, every part of us is trying to seek you. Our bodies that carried us into this space our heads bowed in prayer, our hearts that keep whispering, there is more than just this. We are seeking you, like a dog looking for its owner who will search the whole house, under beds, behind doors, in every corner of every room until their person is found. We are turning over rock and leaf, looking for fingerprints that belong to you. So meet us halfway, God. Find us in this maze we call life. For a moment, quiet the rest of the world. Open the door to us found in scripture with rich laughter and say, come on in. We know you're near, so know that it is you we seek. Find us in these words, we pray. Amen. Our gospel lesson from Matthew chapter 2. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. Herod sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up and took the child and his mother by night and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up. Take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. 
for those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Over the past two weeks, like many parents around here, I have been spending a lot of time with my children. We have visited parks and museums. We have actually learned new games that Davis can play using the real rules. It's been wonderful, and we have read lots of books, lots and lots of books, probably all the books that are in our house. And one book you may not be as familiar with is a bedtime story that my sister-in-law gave us a few years ago. It's called, If Animals Kissed Goodnight. The author is Anne Paul. And it's a sweet book about how parent animals and their children say goodnight to one another. It opens as the sun begins to set, with a sloth and her cub kissing goodnight, so slow. As the story moves on, you see elephants and snakes and hippos with their children wishing them good night. About midway through the book, Sloth and her cub pop back in, still kissing good night. You pick back up with walruses and monkeys and, of course, a human parent and their child kissing goodnight. And just as the sun sets and the book should be clothing, Sloth and her cub pop back up one more time, still kissing goodnight. It's a familiar principle for us, especially in children's stories, this message of slow and steady. You probably remember being told Aesop's fable when you were growing up, the story of the tortoise and the hare. The two are racing and the hare darts off, leaving the tortoise in the dust. He gets so far ahead that he decides to gallivant around, even stopping to take a nap while the tortoise continues on, just slow and steady, ultimately winning the race with his consistency of effort. What I hadn't realized before is that I think it's a very similar message to what we hear in our gospel lesson this morning and the familiar story of the wise man and the holy family's exodus to Egypt. You see, for so long when I've read this passage, I've focused on the wise men, or the magi as some call them. Who are they? Where did they come from? How many are there? Why did they bring these particular gifts? Certainly, we could spend this whole sermon time 
thinking about these things. And maybe you've actually heard that done before. Perhaps you've heard the legendary names of the Magi, Caspar, Melchior, and Balthasar. Or maybe you learned about the different purposes for these gifts. Gold, an appropriate gift for a king. Frankincense, a perfume used by the priest during temple sacrifices. And myrrh, used to prepare the bodies of the deceased. Certainly, we can find spiritual application and lessons for living in these details. But as I listen to the good news we just heard in Matthew chapter 2, I can't help but hear that common thread between the stories of the Magi and the story of Joseph. Each of them still seeking. The wise men traveled to Jerusalem as seekers, ones in search of something more than just power, in search of the divine. They continued seeking beyond Jerusalem, eventually finding the Christ child and his parents in Bethlehem. As seekers of the divine, they didn't simply shut down once they found Jesus. As seekers, they had a holy encounter with God and still continued to listen. They were open to hearing from God because they weren't in search of a final destination. After meeting the Messiah, they received a message from the Lord that led them to change course, to go home a different way. Like the wise men, Joseph, too, is open to God's leading. Having trusted God with the lofty task of taking Mary as his wife, and raising Jesus as his own child, Joseph doesn't simply shut down. He doesn't say, okay, God, that's enough. I've done my duty. I've checked my box. He remains open to where and how the Spirit might be leading. And because of his openness, he receives a message from God in a dream that he and his family should flee from Bethlehem. Joseph takes Mary and Jesus and goes to Egypt, seeking refuge. That could have been the end. Perhaps in Egypt, he would have found a place where his clients never knew the story of Jesus' miraculous conception. No one would have ever questioned his parental nature. Who wants to move with a three-year-old, after all? Have you ever tried to take a road trip with a toddler? Come on, it is not an ideal situation. But Joseph remains open to God. And once again, God calls to him in a dream, telling him to return home, settling his family in Galilee. You see, Joseph had the heart of a seeker, remaining open to God's voice and direction in his life. I'm so grateful that you've chosen to worship with us on this New Year's Day, 
in a season when people often make resolutions and set goals for the coming year, I wonder what it might look like for you and I to commit in this new year to having the heart of a seeker. As ones who have been blessed to encounter God, might we still remain open to hear what God has to say to us now in these days? How might God be calling to you in 2023? Perhaps, though, before you're willing to make that commitment, you find yourself asking, how will I actually know that God is calling to me? If we look back at the instances of seeking in our scripture lesson this morning, God uses multiple sources to guide the Magi and Joseph. The wise men sought out Herod for direction. They consulted maps and star guides, aware that a new star had appeared, and even heard from God in a dream. Joseph, too, heard from God in a dream, but also talked with others to ensure his family's safety, avoiding Judea once he heard of Archelaus' rule. If we choose to have the heart of a seeker, I am confident that God will speak to us in a variety of ways to help guide us. Certainly, we have the ability and the gift of Scripture that we can study personally and together in small groups here with our church family. God's Word is living and active and can help us hear what God wants to say. But we're also able to draw on life experience, to look back and see where God has been at work, both in our own lives and in the lives of the larger church. You see, as Presbyterians, we really value the gift of life experience. It's why we cherish so deeply the confessions. The confessions are a snapshot of a point in time in the life of the church in which we heard God speak to us and used God's direction to change our ways. For example, the Scots Confession comes for us during the Reformation. The Confession of Belhar comes to us as a response from the church during apartheid in South Africa. In life experience, we can hear God speak. God also speaks to us through relationships. Just as God used Herod to guide the Magi and others in the life of Joseph to lead him away from Judea, God can use our relationships to guide us. It's my prayer that if you make this commitment to have a seeker's heart in the new year, that you'll make that commitment as a part of community so that through relationship, God can affirm what you're hearing in scripture and life experience and the voice of the faithful gathered around you. If we continue to seek after God, I think we will experience transformation. Not only did God lead the wise men home by another way, but he led Joseph to seek safety in a place that historically had been tied up in slavery for his people. 
God transformed Egypt from a place of suffering to a source of refuge and a safe haven for Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. I think when you and I are willing to be seekers, God can do transformative things in and through us. Chris Hoke served in Washington State as a prison chaplain. He worked year after year building relationships with inmates, seeking to know their hearts, watching them gain freedom, often only to see them return to the system a short time later. Chris would find that many would often return because of small infractions like driving without a license. And so instead of living into the story of heartache and repeated disappointment, Chris took a nudge from God and began building relationship, starting with one inmate. Jose was his name. Chris learned his story. He got to know his seven-year-old daughter. He helped Jose make reentry plans so that recidivism wasn't a chapter in his story. With Jose's permission, while Jose was still incarcerated, Chris began to share his story each time he would do pulpit supply in the area. He would post it on his social media, on Facebook and Instagram. And when those folks would respond, he began an e-newsletter giving folks updates about Jose's story. When Jose was released, a band of people were waiting to help him with his reentry. He took up residence in Chris's home. Someone dropped off an old sedan for Jose to drive after he earned his license. Another family invited Jose and his daughter to join them for weekly hikes. People provided funds to pay off Jose's court and legal fees. What could have been just another story of repeat offense and heartache became a story of transformation because Chris was open to God's leading. It even led him to begin One Parish, One Prisoner that so far has partnered 35 individual inmates in the state of Washington with congregations and helping, them, and helping them to experience transformation, one story at a time. If God can rebirth Egypt from a place of slavery into a safe haven for the Holy Family, if God can take one man's disappointment and create a pathway of renewal for reentry for multiple inmates, how might God work through you and me to transform the world? Just like the Magi and Joseph, may the story of 2023 and the story of our whole lives be ones that show we are found still seeking. Seeking a God who transforms hearts and lives again 
and again. To the glory of God. Amen.